I remember driving down a Magnolia Lane like it was yesterday. We had goosebumps and we were like <laughs> driving down Magnolia Lane going, oh my God. I think we were both crying actually. You go down to the Piggly Wiggly and turn right to, to Magnolia Lane, driving to this unbelievably majestic clubhouse. We were playing out a childhood dream almost. This time on The Fire Pit, Mark Wiebe and John Ashworth share a story about a dream and deal they made as kids, which came true, the 1986 Masters. Wiebe, a two-time winner on the PGA Tour and 2013 Senior Open Champion, and John Ashworth, who revolutionized golf fashion, made a deal when they were kids. Whoever qualifies to play in the Masters, the other one would carry the bag. And in 1986, they found themselves driving down Magnolia Lane complete with chill bumps and tears. It was the dream come true. Uh, we ready to go, boys? Let's rock, man. Let's do this. So um, before we get to 1986, the Masters, uh, quite arguably the, the greatest Masters of all time, by the way, give me a little context and background as to your relationship because, you know, for you to end up on his bag at the 86 masters meant that, you know, you didn't just meet, you know, a couple of weeks before. Yeah, no, we go way back. We go back to uh, the stone age in Escondido basically. <laughs> yeah. We, Weeps and I knew each other when, oh God, I don't know when exactly, but. Uh, you don't, you don't, what's your first memory of Mark Weeby, John? Mostly playing football in his front yard at uh, when you lived across the street from uh, Escondido High School. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I remember. We, we, I was probably eight years old. You were probably nine or ten. I don't know. You're about a year and a half older than me. And I think so. I'm right and, between you and You him. know, there, there was the Disneys. There was the Weebies, you know. Uh, it was kind of a football culture. Mark's dad was the football coach at Palomar Junior College, and Mark played but you know, we all played football as kids, you know. His dad coached Tom Dempsey, the guy, the the kicker, the famous kicker who ironically just passed. Is that true? Wow. Yeah, that's isn't that crazy? I was. Uh, I think when Tom and my dad also was the wrestling coach at the time, and I remember Tom Dempsey throwing me around on the mat, and I was just a little probably pain in the butt to those guys, you know, getting in the way. I'll bet I was six or seven years old. And then I went on to see Tom later in life when he had held the record forever. Yeah. And, uh, and I happened to know Jason Elam, who tied the record at the, for the Broncos. So, and then that with him, that I, I know both guys that kick 63 yarders. What did, are you kidding me? So, <laughs> um, all right, so so you're playing football, your kids. At at what point does it transition from football to golf? Summer. <laughs> Summer, yeah. Summer we played junior golf tournaments. I think I think we both did yeah. twice a week all summer long. Twice a week, North County, uh, one of them, and San Diego County was the other one, and that's that was our life, I think. Always, always friends. Were you ever rivals? Did you ever have a scrap or a, or a sort of a, you know, do you ever remember any moment in which you're like, ah, this guy's a dick? 
Not really. We were we were rivals because I was I went to a different high school, so we played against each other. But we were always more buddies than rivals, almost. Don't you think? Yeah. I would really? watch John play basketball games at Orange Glen, his high school, and I went to the other high school in town, Escondido. And Orange Glen might be playing not even Escondido. I'd go watch him play because he he was my butt and he was point guard and it was awesome. Uh, rumor has it I've never I've never I, I don't know much about this, but if you were at that time, was he a better, much better basketball player than golfer at that time? You know, it was it was cool to see somebody that was pretty good in two sports uh, because we all played as kids, so it was kind of neat to see it materialize in high school and turn into something. I would say John was equal, equally as good at basketball, maybe, maybe better because he was quick and fast and he could really use more of that uh, skill than in golf. You're not, you don't need to be quick and fast. obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So so it was kind of cool to see somebody that was really my buddy again, uh, play golf with him and then watch him go kind of dominate a little bit on the basketball court. I, it reminded me of my son has, has done that. So uh, John was kind of like uh, my boy Gunner who just played a bunch of sports. Anyway, I don't mean to get off that, but no, no I thought we, we were never rivals. We were buddies. And it's funny because we were at rival high schools, but we'd go only, yeah. only two in town. Yeah, that's true. We'd, but we'd, we'd go on blind dates together. I mean, I couldn't yeah. drive, but we've had his license. So we'd go, we went on a lot of blind dates together, didn't yeah, we? Not, did. blind, not blind dates. I mean, double dates. I should say yeah. double dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We knew, we, we knew <laughs> the girls. We knew the girls. Let's clarify. Girls yeah. were yeah. involved on yeah. these dates. They were probably yeah. blind because they were going out with us. But, you know. yeah. <laughs> right. But no, yeah. we, we had a lot of good times back then. And actually, I, I was thinking about this, Weebs. I don't know if you remember it like this, but I think the whole thing with – caddying for you at the masters i think we had that packed when we were kids back when we were teenagers didn't we you know i i think it may have gone even further back when we were 10 out on the putting green and yeah. you know you, you line up and you go okay this is to win the masters yeah. you know yeah. and you'd even announce that and yeah. i think at that time we had some kind of a hey man whoever gets there if we get there we gotta we gotta team up on that yeah, so that's what it was. We used to say, "Yeah, okay, if you get to the Masters, I'm caddying for you. If I get to the Masters, you're yeah. caddying for me," kind of thing. Is yeah, that crazy. That gives me chill. It gives me chills because I, 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 you know, I can't, I'm probably had a couple of those same packs with a, a, a several buddies throughout life. It's just neither one of us ever made it. To the Masters. <laughs> in your case, one of you guys actually got to play in the Masters. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm still I'm still holding out. By the way, I got the <laughs> I got the USM. Is the Miram still in play? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh, that's too good, man. Um, okay, so so was there ever a, p- a point? You know, obviously, I had a, I've had a, a million childhood friends, and and then you you lose track. You you go your separate ways. You go off to college. Uh, did you guys ever, did you guys kind of part ways and then come, come back? How did, what, 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 how, what was the progression of the relationship beyond that you know, high school? I, you know, there was a couple, there might've been a couple gaps, but we never really parted ways. I mean, we'd stay in touch. There might've been a, there might've been a few gaps, you know, 
Mark went to uh, San Jose State, and I was still – he went to Palomar College for a year, right? Yeah. And, 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 but I was like a year and a half behind or a year behind. No, I was a year behind. A year behind, yeah. I was a year behind. Then he went to San Jose State to play golf. He got recruited by San Jose State, got a scholarship to go play golf up there. And, uh, and then I went to Palomar for a year. And then I went to Arizona to play golf. And then uh, – but we stayed in touch and saw each other in the summertime. And, uh, Did you ever cross paths at any tournaments or, or in college or nothing? I, I, I I don't remember a lot of that though. I don't think so. We pl- I, we didn't play much. If it was a big, huge yeah. uh, tournament that hosted a lot of teams, yeah. I don't I don't think we played a lot of college golf together. No, we didn't. At some point, Mark obviously became, you know, he emerged as the. <laughs> you got. I mean, at what what was it? At, at what point did Mark? Did you realize? I'm going to do this professionally. And John, at what point did you realize I'm not? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, I think, you know, my old childhood, I was going to play the tour. And, wow. and then it just became where I was going to play the tour. And then I went to school and I knew I was going to play the tour. I told my, <laughs> my coach, I'm not going to be here all four years or my last three years. I'm going to play the tour. So, and I got to a point, my dad was a, a coach and a teacher, so we didn't have much money. And it got to a point where I needed a job because I had to have, had to pay for stuff. And I couldn't go to school, golf, and have a job. I couldn't figure that out. So I left school, turned pro because I needed a job. What That's year is kinda, that? Whew. That's going to be uh, about 1980 or 81. Yeah. And so then I just grinded and struggled but on uh, many tours. But so many things happened good out of that. I mean, I met Payne Stewart. John met Payne Stewart kind of through that, and we became great buds. And so as much as you look back and think, what a struggle, man, I also had some pretty neat relationships that I formed through those struggles. Were you keeping tabs on Mark at this time? I mean, did you, were you like, Damn, my buddy's going playing pro- professional? Yeah, I, uh, I, I was at Arizona and, and, uh, and then I, I, my golf just, I kind of thought, Hey, I'd be a pro golfer too, you know, but then <laughs> very quickly I was like, yeah, I don't shoot in the sixties as much as these guys do. <laughs> so I thought, no, that's not going to be the life for me. At some point I was like, no, I cannot do this. And, uh, so I, uh, again, he was a little ahead of me, but he, yeah, I kept tabs on him, knew what he was doing. I got out of college and was kind of waffling around. I had no, I got my degree in agronomy. I was going to be in, you know, golf course superintendent guy or golf course designer guy and I couldn't couldn't get a good job on that and and Mark was like uh and then I was actually an assistant pro at Fairbanks Ranch and I was kind of hating that and he he was playing the mini tours in San Diego and he said hey listen you know why don't you caddy for me and then we'll go to tour school and if I get my card come caddy for me on the tour he go you know he goes, I can pay you 250 bucks a week. I give you 5% of whatever I win. And 
And I was like, God, that sounds great. Let's do it. You know, I was all in. I was like, that sounds like going with a circus, you know, being a, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I don't know if you remember it like that, but I think that was probably 1984. Yes. You, you had been, you'd been doing it. You'd been. 83. It was 83 or 84. Yeah, but but then but honestly, he was he got to a point where he was, he was really good, and like when we'd play in the mini tour events, he'd either he either won, came in second, or came in third. Pretty much, I don't know if you remember that, but I remember you were like pretty dominant in the in the mini tour thing, no matter where we were. And well, you, had, had, you had to be because it didn't pay very much. Yeah, it didn't pay very much. You'd probably win and you'd win a thousand bucks or something. But yeah, it was crazy. Man. But then, uh, but then we went to Q School, and it was, uh, I think the first one was in Oregon, wasn't it? Or I remember going to the Northwest, and then going to Texas, and then going to Florida. Yeah, and that was a wow. That was a marathon, wasn't it? Marathon. marathon. Remember, we were with a buddy. Uh, Gus, yeah, and Gus was so excited after you know we had made the tour and uh wanted to go out and party. <laughs> and John and I were both going, Oh, I am so tired, <laughs> I want to go sit down and have a couple beers. I, I want to go party. Either yeah. one of us, we were out of it. We, yeah. we had used all of our energy and yeah. emotional stuff, and it was gone. We yeah. had we were empty. Yeah. I do remember that and, and thinking, yeah. wow, he still has energy to go party. Yeah. Oh, man, I just need to go sit down. Let's go have dinner and sit down. And, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. That was so, T- TPC, man. Six rounds of TPC uh, tour school. Uh, there's, not, there's nothing grindier than that. That's about as grindy yeah. as it gets. Alligators <laughs> lurking everywhere. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So, so in 1984, Mark, you remember John basically had an open invitation to caddy when he wanted, how he wanted. Yes, that was, and you know, we never said, Hey bud, you got an open invitation. I think it was understood uh, that if he wanted to come out and caddy, it was only going to help me. So I was all for it. And it ended up, I prob like I said, I think it might've ended up helping him a little bit just to, to delay his decision of what he's going to do with his life it gave him just a little bit of a time out and by the way he could go out and make some connections see some of the united states and uh and see what you know where he wanted to do his deal you guys are getting around by car you guys traveling together you're you're i mean are you having i mean the good old days early 80s pga tour what's that look like what's that feel like no, you know, for me, it was, you know, once we went through the whole tour school, it was like, and he got his car, and it was like, hell yeah, I'm going to can tour for a year. <laughs> we didn't go back and forth like, oh, you're going to, no, it was like, hey, we're doing this thing, you know? And I was just, I was living at home, so for me, it was pretty easy, you know, to, you know, to, to wait till the tour started. I don't know, I might have, I might have been caddying at La Costa to make some dough or something like that, but... You know, then when we got started, I had a Jetta. I remember my Jetta because I slept in it quite a few times. But, but we didn't really travel together that much. I don't know. You you were uh, you were with Kathy and. Um, oh, okay. You know, I I would, I would get around with my car, but, uh, but yeah, no. For me, it was like, oh my God, it was you know, get away from reality and 
figure out I had no idea what I wanted to do. And like Mark said, I mean, oh my God, I met I met some incredible people. Changed my life, really. Mark sponsored Jerry Montiel, just to name one of them, right? Was my eventual partner in Ashworth. Was, which, was, which was Mark's sponsor. So that's a whole separate podcast. Like, you know, the, 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 the movement out into the world of fashion and, and Ashworth. But essentially that you couldn't have gotten there without being, you know, out on tour and seeing what you were seeing. Who, who, who amongst, you mentioned Payne Stewart, who are among the other players are you having relationship, a relationship with or, or becoming friendly with? Or, or are there a couple other players that's, or, or what was the relationship like with Payne and the involvement in, in, in your life out on tour? Oh, well, you know, just, just hanging around with Mark, you know, the guys that he was buddies with, but Payne was one of his big buddies and we'd play practice rounds all the time with Payne. So, you know, got to know him obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, so, but plenty of other guys too, David Frost and, you know, uh, I don't know. Can't really them. Yeah. I hung with a, with a bunch of foreigners, you know, I had a, Australian buddy, Wayne Grady, a David Frost, South African, uh, and a couple other Aussies that I was buds with that, uh, and a couple guys from the UK. So, you know, it was kind of a, if you were a good guy, we'd hang out with them. But, you know, when, when it was, when it was time for us to work, we worked hard. You know, there's no doubt about it. We were grinding because we, we both needed money. We needed to live. So we couldn't, you know, we weren't, Neither one of us had the cash, so we couldn't treat treat it like a vacation. Yeah, it, yeah. it just turned into being, you know, we got to grind this out and, uh, you know, do what we got to do here. But I think the friendships, you know, John's a pretty uh, likable guy, as you know, Matt. So <laughs> I don't think it was a big issue for my buddies to like John because I knew they were going to like John. Yeah. It was, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. And, so. and, and tell me a little bit about the relationship of player and caddy at that time, obviously working hard, but I mean, was, was John work at, walking the courses before and giving you yardages or were you pretty uh, low maintenance in terms of a, of a pro at that time? Well, I think I'm low maintenance cause I like doing my own thing, but no, we were a team. There's no doubt about, it. uh, there, uh, I don't think it was a player caddy thing. I knew John wasn't going to caddy forever. You knew he, this was just a, a temporary thing for John. So it was, it was a year thing. I remember saying, hey, let's do this for a year. Let's make the most out of it. Let's, you know, yeah. let's grind. And yeah. And you're in your early 20s at this time, John? Or, or? 25, 25, 24, yeah. 25. I think it was 27. Yeah, I was 25 probably. So, I'm going through 1984, you know, Andy Williams, the San Diego Open, T48. Are you on, do you remember being on the bag there, obviously, your oh, local? Because yeah. that wasn't the only time I caddied for the, at the San Diego Open, because Mark had, he would qualify for that. So I, oh. I think I probably caddied in that three or four times over the years. You know, even maybe even as an amateur, you played in that thing. I can't remember, but uh, you had a couple good finishes in that. It was always hard to play in that one because it was at home, you know, yeah. just put too much on it. Too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm going through Byron Nelson, T44, Kemper Open, T48. Uh, then you, uh, 
Georgia Pacific Atlantic Golf Classic cut, Canadian Open cut, Western Open cut, Anheuser-Busch Golf Classic cut, but then BC Open T8. Are any of these coming back to you at this point, you know, this run of your rookie year? Well, yeah. I mean, like John said, the hardest thing about the tour for me was getting to it. Playing on it was not as hard as getting to it. Not even close. Wow. Not remote. Getting to it, because I, I tried twice a year for three years. It, it took me, my I finally made my sixth tour school. So I made it to the finals every time. So playing the tour, I knew I was going to play the tour. I knew I was going to have some success. I didn't know when or how or what the success was going to be. But, you know, you got to have faith in yourself at that time, you know, when you get there, because that's what you do. You got there. So... Uh, you know, that was our, that was our whole deal. We're, our, I mean, I, I, I know I've, I had some, I, I just remember having some hand issues and I remember getting that damn shot in my palm of my hand and it took me out. Uh, I couldn't play anymore after that because I needed to take weeks off after that. That's why I only played 19 events. So I both of us knew where I could be good. So, Nineteen, uh, nineteen starts. Uh, you're off and running. You go to the rookie year. Ashy, you, you, you break away. You, we'll, 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 we'll touch on sort of the infancy of of Ashworth the brand in another podcast. But in, in so in if that's eighty four and eighty five, is that where you kind of sort of go off onto your on your and you and at some point, Mark, you pick up Hank Ashworth as your caddy. Yeah. In, in, in 85 or 86 along the way, right? Yes. And same deal. Honestly, Hank wasn't going to caddy forever, but I think John said, hey, man, it was, you see a lot of stuff and it's kind of fun. And, you know, and I think Hank was in that same, I don't know what I want to do yet yeah. mode. And so, of course, those, you know, when you grow up, you know that. You have yeah. buddies like that. Yeah. When you grow up with buddies, they didn't, it, if they wanted caddy, they were going to caddy. If I had somebody else caddy and, and they said, hey, I'd like to caddy, they're in. That's just how it is. I mean, you know, so Hank was the same thing as John. And Hank came out. And the cool thing is when you're with your buddies like that, they really do have your best interest at heart. So it's they're not doing it to go make, you know, score big cash, although that would have been nice. Uh, I think they're doing it and they really want to help out. They want to be part of the helping process so uh, both of them were the same it's funny because i fit kind of right in the middle of both of them so i'm about a year and a half older than john and i'm like, about a, year and a, half like a middle brother yeah it's and we hung out together so much as kids that it was it was kind of just you know you know what i'm saying it's just yeah. the thing that is you know we're just kind of like bill murray would say hey buds for life <laughs> Uh, 1986 comes along and at that time, Hank is actually on your bag in 86, correct? Yes. So 1986, look, look, look what's going on here. You guys are on, you guys are on a roll. I've got these, you guys are a uh, Bob Hope. He picks you up at the Bob Hope in 1986 and you guys, you guys missed the cut. Then AT&T, the Pe Pebble Beach T3. 1986, T3. San Diego, T11. Uh, Hawaii, T54. LA, 70th. Bay Hill, T55. 
T7, as Sawgrass, T54, Greensboro, T33. You make seven cuts in a row. You're making money. You've made seven out of eight cuts in 1986. And here comes the Masters. <laughs> yeah, right. And that was one of those times that that was really hard for me to, because it was John. If John wanted, I, <laughs> it was his it was his deal. And I, 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 I don't know if I said or he said, but it was kind of like, hey, man, aren't we supposed to do this? And we, we were. So I had to tell Hank, Bud, love you, totally like a brother. But your little bro and I have this thing that we <laughs> talked about, and it's actually happened. So I don't know that we ever thought it would actually happen, but now that it has, I got to take Johnny on the, right? I mean, and, and Hank was bummed, but Hank totally, he totally got it. Yeah. I mean, we, we played together for so long as kids that Hank, Hank got it. But I think, you know, if he wanted to, he could hold that over me for, you know, Hank, he could do that. Well, well he, def he definitely holds it over me, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, John was, John, again, it was one of those things that wasn't a decision. It was just... That's it was it was it was goes back to that putting green putting for the masters 10 years old if if we ever get there let's make a little bro deal it was a bro deal yeah it was a bro deal for sure but there's no doubt um, so, so ashy tell me your perspective on that scenario did you see oh mark is playing good there the, did you see that he qualified? Did you see, like, uh, what's your recollection of 86? Yeah, no, what happened was you won in 85. That's how you got in the Masters, right? But neither Hank or I was on the bag. That some little dude you had that year was on the bag, and but you had already kind of parted ways with him. So it was back when he actually, in 85, I was, I was like, yes, I am going to Augusta. <laughs> Before Hank even got on the bag, you know. Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, the buildup, you know, was was kind of like started way before Hank even was on the bag. So I, I I just so you know, I did do I did call Hank Ashworth to get his thoughts on this situation prior to this interview. And I will I will let you both know that on the record, Hank was like, listen. I was told, you know what? I, I was cool with it. I, I understood it. It was a deal done before my time. It's not to say I didn't want a caddy at the Masters. Of course I did. But I also knew this was something, this was like, you know, this was like a cut into the palm of a hand at 10 years old. And I, you can't break that. You can't break that, that bro deal. Yeah. The cool thing was Hank was there and we hung out and, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the first time you play Augusta, I mean, everybody will tell you it's just crazy. And I remember driving down a Magnolia Lane like it was yesterday. Remember how we had goosebumps and we were like <laughs> driving down Magnolia Lane going, oh, my God. I think we were both crying, actually. Yeah. I got a couple emotions from that. And one of them is can't believe I'm we're, we're actually going we're on Magnolia Lane. <laughs> driving to this 
unbelievably majestic clubhouse. That was one of them. The other one is I couldn't believe you go down to the Piggly Wiggly and turn right to, to Magnolia Lane. Like, what? It should be out in the country somewhere on an old dirt road. And I just remember going, wow, you're across the street from a dry cleaner and a bar. I think it's called the Master's Bar or something and a Piggly Wiggly. And then, and then all of a sudden we're on Magnolia. So it went from, this is the wrong turn. This is not, <laughs> oh my God, this is it. There it is. You know, so it, uh, and that the whole deal then was just kind of, uh, we were playing out a childhood dream almost. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, can you imagine going from that putting green at, at nine or 10 years old and now down Magnolia Lane? You guys were in the car together, the, t the two of you in the car together. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and t tell me about like, do you, at that, you know, with these famous master's letters that come as an invitation, had you received one of those at, at some point, Mark? Do you remember did, did that time where they still sending invitations saying you're invited to the to the tournament and all that? I remember getting an invitation, though, and that's that's kind of I mean, obviously, that's way cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong. The, yeah. But the drive yeah. into the clubhouse is when you really start hyperventilating and, you know, you lose your breath on the whole situation of, of being at the, the tournament you've grown up watching on television with yeah. your childhood yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah, come on. So, so, so you get there early in the week, a lot of practice rounds. Do you remember who the practice rounds were with? Do you remember sort of the, 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 your first impressions of the golf course? You know, again, my first impression was, I can't believe it's so much, there's so much undulation. Did you have something similar to that or? couldn't I couldn't get over the front nine because you don't in our our childhoods we never saw the front nine it was always amen and on and uh so when you see the front nine and you see holes like well all of them <laughs> like five and six you you never saw those so when you see six it's a par three that's I don't know what it is, but it's straight downhill. So you're, I mean, I had no, I didn't even know that hole existed. And I, I think, I think you're, you're kind of cruising around a little bit on a cloud, you know, your first time there because there's gallery, uh, but you're, you're, you're inside the ropes. So you're, and seeing stuff that you're just, we're both taking it in. I mean, it, it's like we're both a bunch of, a uh, couple of country bumpkins, you know, not having any clue. And we're with people that have played, you know, rounds there or prior masters there. And, you know, we're the, we're the kids on the, the new kids on the block. So it was probably our, our recollection, my recollection of it was just that. And I, was that the year that we played with Mark O'Meara in the practice round? Was that, do you remember, Ash? I think so. I think we played with O'Mara, and I think we played with Payne, too, one time. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think that the, the thing that I recall about playing in it was, it, we played we played twosomes or threesomes? Because we played with D.A. Wybring both days. Yeah. There is a reshuffle, but we shot the same thing, which was kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, really, because... 
It would have been more fun to play with somebody else. I mean, he's a good dude, but it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, because yeah, you well, you want as much variety as you can your first time. You want to play with everybody. Yeah, hoping that you're going to play with somebody that's like you know. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, Jack or Tom <laughs> or Seppy yeah. or right. Uh, this this was even before. I mean, Payne didn't really go on his run. Or, or I guess Greg Norman didn't really even go on a run. Like at this time, it, this is Tom Kite, Tom Watson. This is this is Seve. This is uh, mid '80s. This you know who who in your mind felt like oh this you know this is the this is who we got to beat so to speak. Was there was there a big a big name or 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 do you remember? You know, here's what I remember. I never remember anybody that I had to beat. I was too busy being scared to death. <laughs> it is. I mean, I've played in all the majors, and I, I mean, I think three Masters and I don't know how many British Opens and senior British Opens. Never did I get that caught up in my the fog being so thick of spirits as at Augusta. And, and wow. every, every one of the ones all my three times there, it was the same. It was the thickest spiritual, and, and I never was comfortable. I never even thought I could beat it. I never thought about beating anybody. I was too busy trying to figure out how I was gonna hit it off the tee on number one, <laughs> not kill somebody, or, you know, you're just, you're, and you're so defensive because you don't wanna mess up and you wanna play good so bad, and I was way too young to know how to how to handle that stuff and and here's the other guy I'm with John neither one of us knew how to handle that that kind of emotion I mean we were just trying to like I said trying not to mess up just trying to compete but never never talked about winning it ever uh, what about what about go back just for one second before we get into the first round and second round scores and and uh, the cut so to speak. What about the par three? Do you what? Do you have any memories of the par three tournament at that time? What was that? What was that like? No, I was. It was really cool. I loved the par three tournament. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember how you did or anything. I just remember, you know, just <laughs> well, you, you go to the first hole and it was, I think, ten people deep. Easy around the whole hole, <laughs> and, and the hole is. 84 yards or something, whatever it was at the time. And the whole, to get to the first tee, and then once you did, it was like being in a movie set. You, you weren't even, you, it was crazy. It was way crazy. So uh, the part yeah. was just, I think both, both he and I as golfers were going, are you kidding me? This is the best course I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Is 80 yards and number two is 55 yards. Or something. Way before they fixed it and made it, you know, the, what it is today. Uh, but still, it was the most perfectly manicured, unbelievable golf course with people making hole in ones every two seconds. And like I said, being in a movie set of each each hole was its own movie set because there were so many people. Don't is that? Do you remember that? Just being? Are you yeah. kidding? I do, and one of the mem memories I have when I think about it too was, it was before they fixed the range and how it is now. It was like, oh, it used to park right next to the range. I mean, it was, I remember, 
And uh, but I remember uh, like talking about a player that was dominant at the time was Seve, nineteen eighty six. And I remember watching that guy in the range. Just I was mesmerized by like how perfect he was in his swing. And oh my god, it was just it was a thing of beauty to watch Seve at Augusta hitting yeah. balls on the range. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Hank uh, Hank said he's got a great picture of playing. Uh, he was with you guys at the par three. He kept. He said he. He kept trying to figure out ways to sneak in. I mean, at that time, it was a, a little looser. You know, he would try to figure out ways to get in and 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 actually has a picture, I guess, of, of all of you guys with pain in the par three tournament with white outfit, with a black bow tie. I mean, you know, Hank is also sort of in the mix of all of this as right. this as you guys are. You guys are kind of a, a triangle at this point, yeah. right? M- Mark, is it is it even more special for you looking back? Like sharing this, like you know, I always say, you know, people say, "Oh, you have the greatest job in the world." You go, but it's it's only special because you share it with people who you can, you know, you have a connection with. That's that's what makes it so special. It's not about where you are; it's about who you're with. To some degree, do you remember that and sort of feeling like, "Wow, this all culminated in this moment in which you and your childhood buddies and these caddies are enjoying this together." Well, without a doubt, everything's more fun sharing it with someone. Yeah. So this is no exception. I mean, this was, it was a great, uh, it was a great feeling. But if you can, you know how it is when you're with, when you're with a buddy or, or a loved one or anything, it just makes it, it's more fun. You, you talk about it like we are now. I mean, I'm 62, John, you just turned 60. No. 59? Now 60. Uh, welcome, by the way. Welcome. Uh, oh, so here we are. We're 62 and 60 years old. This started when we were like eight and nine, nine and 10. Really? And yeah. we're talking about it. So if we wouldn't have done it together, we wouldn't have those, those yeah. memories to share. So first round, 76, you know, at, at that point, was there a moment in the first round? Where, did you start out birdie birdie, or were you too? Do you do you remember anything of the details or holes or amen corner or anything relating to sort of specifics? I remember it was like the hardest golf course. What watching it on TV and seeing guys hitting to thirteen and fifteen and two, and I'm standing out on fifteen in one of the rounds with the one iron going for the green. What? What? And 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 I just remember that. I just remember it being so difficult that I think we were both didn't know it was going to be that hard. It was. <laughs> yeah. No, my God, talk about. Yeah. You just couldn't breathe. Yeah, and it was persimmon woods. It wasn't <laughs> woods. And and what I I just remembered the greens just the greens were just so freaking crazy like. I don't even know how you could two putt them, you know. I mean, they were just nuts. They are nuts. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm a I'm a really good putter, and yeah. so is John. So yeah. There's two really good putters, kind of scared to to death. Of yeah. these are these are out of control. I don't know, I don't know how to do this. We had never done anything like this. The <laughs> undulations and the speed were were. You left you kind of defenseless if you hadn't been there and done it. Yeah. There's we had, I mean, looking back, there was no chance. It was a, 
I wish I would have probably looked around more and taken it in more, but I was so busy just trying to compete and be decent. But, you know, I did my next couple times. I took it more, took more in of the whole, the whole deal of Augusta. So, um, uh, 76, 78, you know, I, I, at some point, do you stop sort of feeling the pressure? And at, at some point, did you allow yourself to really enjoy? Did you guys remember sort of having the back nine on Friday just being like, hey, let's have some fun here? I mean, did you ever stop grinding? Uh, I, I think that second round, I, I think, I'm not sure, but I think we were eight over after 12 or something. And I do remember having that, Look at let's just have fun coming in, man. We're we just got the shit kicked out of us. So let's have some fun coming in. I think we both said that. And I think I we played the last five or six holes at, at par, or maybe maybe one under. I, I don't remember. I think we two putted fifteen, but we were talking about crystal when we're on the fringe there, hitting that one iron to the green. <laughs> <laughs> but I think to do that and, and that helped break 80 because we were, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I couldn't do anything. I mean, the course again, it just ate me up. It was too hard. I had to hit every shot perfect or I thought I did. It just. Yeah. It, the one thing, the one thing that I recalled was, you know, it, it, it feels, it has a super wide open feeling, right? I mean, it's not like it's tight, but it is because you have to hit the ball in a certain spot to have the right shot. That's yeah. what was so weird about it, you know. And after we played it for the whole week, it just it's too much to figure out. I mean, that's why they say, you know, you gotta play there a few times and all that stuff, but yeah. Crazy. Um uh, uh, Hank recalled that the next week he picked up your bag again. You went to um Harbortown and he remembers you pointing out the fact that you know, you had like a 30 foot putt, uh, you know, pr pr putting green, practice putting green. You were showing him, hey, this is how hard I would have had to have hit it at Augusta to hit this 30 foot. And it was like you just barely tapped it. And there you had to give it a wrap. Like the difference in green speeds at Augusta was so different than, you know, now you got a pretty uniform set of green speeds almost week in and week out. Uh, at, you know, here we are, you know, 2020. But in then, this was a stark contrast to what you saw on a regular basis. Unbelievable transition going from Augusta to Hilton Head, uh, Bermuda, kind of slow Bermuda greens, tiny and fairly flat, as opposed to Augusta, big, undulating, and freeway speed. So, uh, to, and I, I do remember, I remember being on the putting green with Hank and showing him, I would have hit it this hard to get it there. And it all would go like three feet on a 20-footer. And I said, God, I'm not kidding you. This was, it was, I was still talking about it. It was so nice to not have to, you know, put it 10 feet to the right on a 10-footer and hope that if it didn't hit the hole, it stopped near it. <laughs> and playing a 10 feet of break on a 10-foot putt, which I hadn't ever done before, to go to kind of slow flat greens and then you see langer i think wasn't didn't he win augusta and then see pines the following week on back in the regular tour probably i think he did and that's when i remember thinking how do you do that? Oh, yeah. 
went on went back to back ever roller coaster ride and then you go win at sea punts uh, okay, so let's go back to Masters Friday. You finish your round, and, you know, there's the weekend at the Masters. Uh, you know, this is the cathedral. Do, do you pack up it and, and do you guys take off, or what, what happens? What You know, here, we, we quietly, this is the greatest, arguably one of the greatest Masters of all time. What what, what was the weekend like? I, I don't even remember what we what we did on the weekend. I know when you don't make the cut, you don't show up yeah, okay. uh, on, you know, to practice or anything. Uh, maybe you do if you're Tiger or Phil or something at the time. Uh, and I don't think you were welcome, actually. It was kind of like you were really welcome to come. Oh, you didn't make the cut. You're not welcome anymore. <laughs> I, think we, yeah, I think we probably went over and bought some uh, souvenirs from the pro shop or something. And I remember watching it on TV, but I got to tell you, I don't remember. John, do you remember? I did, I know I was with Hank. We were staying at a little Holiday Inn or something, and uh, we I think we went out to the tournament, but we we watched the final nine on Sunday in our hotel room, just you know mesmerized, you know, watching Jack do his thing. Unbelievable. That yeah. Um, H Hank said that on Saturday he thought that you guys, you and John. He said that you, you and he and John had gone out and watched a little. On Sunday, they went out to watch. And no one, even then, because Jack shot sixty-five, only a handful of guys went in the sixties. Even then, no one really had a sense Jack was going to win. Obviously, until no. that that chart. But, but he said that uh, it was so thick you couldn't really actually see anything. It was so packed that the only way to really watch it was to go back to the hotel and watch on like a little mini TV. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you're in Augusta at. A... <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> watching it in a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense, but it is when it's when it's that packed. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't get around. Yeah. 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 Um, do, uh, I mean, kind of just the most amazing thing, right? I mean, 1986, you know. <laughs> arguably the greatest masters of all time and you guys and 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 these childhood dreams come true uh i mean seminal moment i mean uh, you know chills again it's just uh, it's so so cool that you guys share this uh well obviously it's a lifetime memory because here we are yeah. talking about it so and it's a good one too it's just a good what a good time and uh again to share it and and be talking about it and be you know, doing our deal, talking about it. it's pretty special. Ashy, how much do you think you made carry, uh, carrying Mark Weeby's bag and all those and all those th those those times? What was your what was your total? Maddie, it was priceless. <laughs> <laughs> you can put a figure, a dollar figure on that. It was definitely. Hey Mark, do you mind turning around and grabbing that photo behind you and just pu pu holding it up to the uh, holding it up to the camera? This, these are these are the guys, huh? Okay, so check this out. This is uh, won the Colorado Open in 1986. Actually, um, I just had won the Quad Cities in Moline, Illinois, and took everybody couldn't believe I wasn't playing the next week. I said I got to play in the Colorado Open. I already said I was going to. Only saw nine holes, of course, that I had never played before. 
John said, I've played it. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll coach you around. And so there's the picture uh, during the Colorado Open. You can see that, and if you can read, let me get close enough. Can you read what that caption says? Co not? 1986 Colorado Open champions Mark Wiebe and John Ashworth. <laughs> and quietly, John, no collar. You know, no collar as a caddy. No bib, no collar. No. Uh, that was back. That literally is in the Stone Age right there. And your Colorado golf, uh, Colorado State uh, or Colorado Golf Hall of Fame, correct? Is that what I read at some point? And and one last, uh, two last things. Uh, it, I know John has a relationship with the number thirty-three, and so do you. What's what's the 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 fact that you shared this childhood memory? Is this what it's about? This thirty-three is about you guys? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just kind of a, you know, I don't know how many times I'm asked this, and I wish I had this killer story about it, but it just has something to do with karma, and it just, every time we, we were together and are together, something happens that there it is again. It's it's a three, or it's a 33, and it it could be a... It could be a parking spot. It could be a, the number we have at a table. Who knows? But it, it became so often that we, we, we went way past, wow, that's a coincidence, and way past the, are you kidding me again, to now it's like, well, yeah. It's, of course, it's 33. So when I was doing my Link Soul bag on uh, – on the champions tour, I said, Bud, we got to put 33 on there, don't we? And John said, Well, we got to put it on there three times. So <laughs> we figured we had to go through and figure out where we were going to put it. And, and I got my, I had to wow. see. Wow. Wow. So that's a whole other story. But I want to. Yeah, I'm a, I took it probably a little bit farther than the rest of us, but uh, no regrets there either. It's, it's part of, it's kind of part of our, our deal. I don't, if we could go back and look, I would bet money that it was circling around us when we were nine and 10. We just, we weren't aware of it yet. Yeah. We started, we started honing in on it when we were in high school though. It goes yeah. pretty far. I mean, you know, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's been a thing. And, and and give me a couple examples for you, John. I know you've had like a million situations where 33 and 3 have come have come up. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just uh, they've always it's always been a thing. It's just always been a thing and it's always come up. And it's and I think like Mark said, it's like a karma thing. It's. And if you look it up, if you look up the, the number 33, if you Google it, it's, it's, it is a universal magical number. I mean, it's, it's, good, it's good stuff. Um, Jeff Ogilvy quietly from like 133 yards aced the playoff hole to end this year's wishbone brawl, which was, or last year's wishbone brawl, which is amazing. Uh, la last question, boys. Um, this is, we are at the fire pit. You know, we're sitting around uh, the fire pit. This is the fire pit podcast. Do you have a favorite fire pit? Do you have a place in the, all your travels and all your, 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 you know, the world of 
of golf and, and telling stories? Is there a favorite fire pit for you? Uh, well, mine's probably more recent. Uh, we play in a tournament in Phoenix at Greyhawk uh, called the, now it's called the Twin Fin. And uh, it's a pro scratch tournament and they have a fire pit there. And we actually started, my buddy and I started a thing called the Fireside Chat. And it, we sit around a fireside and have the fire on. And it started with he and I, and all of a sudden it became so big that I ended up making t-shirts for the fireside chat. And that's where we would gather and tell all our BS that happened for the day and our lives and swap stories, drinking some adult beverages. And it, it grew into being such a big thing that when you said fire pit, Immediately, I went, oh, fireside chat. So that's where mine's more of that. Uh, if it's that's where that's my most recent vibe is. Ashy, uh, my mine would be Goat Hill Park because we built a fire pit, you know, right by the clubhouse, right by the between the first tee and the 18th green, and uh, you know, it's just a, a fire pit's always a great place just to gather and start shooting the shit. You know, I mean, it's. It's perfect. And there's usually an adult beverage involved and, you know, get down and dirty with it. It's good. Good stuff. Also, the Bandon Dunes one, which, Maddie, you know that one. That one, the famous, famous one. That's the inspiration for this whole podcast, this whole this whole platform. I got to tell you, thanks for gathering uh, with us today, uh, boys, and to shooting the shit on uh, what, you know, what was, what will go down as one of the greatest masters of all time, but also one of the greatest dreams come true for a couple kids, uh, you know, creating a, a bro deal that, uh, that, that, that came true. Yeah. Good thanks stuff. for having us, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Fun share. Make part, not war. Stay safe and healthy out there, guys. This is, uh, the world's a bit upside down right now. We could use a little 33 to come through for us on a, on a yeah. karmic, karmic level. We'll be there. All right. Love you guys. See you guys. See you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to The Fire Pit, produced by Alex Upeki, edited by Rex Lint, theme song by Joe Horowitz. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured in a future episode. Got a question, comment, or a story for us to track down? You can find me on Twitter at Matt Janella or on Instagram at Matt underscore Janella. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to The Fire Pit on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to a story like this one.